um somebody on here i don't we don't i don't know who they are it just says iphone user so that, that, I don't know who that is, but they, it just says iPhone. Yes. Who is that? That's me. So, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Yes. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Let's He's see. here. Sunny's here. Good morning. <laughs> good morning to you. <laughs> so good to have you all, Sunny. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late for Savage School. <laughs> you are fine. You are fine. We are actually uh, about to hop into the lesson. We talked a little <laughs> bit about the devotional method and people were able to share their experience uh, with that. And so you are right on time. So, all right, let me uh, get this together here. Um, I should have done that. There we go. My controls are a little different. Give me one second here. Some current, nope. Let's start, here it is. You mean I didn't even right. miss the quiz? <laughs> Actually, today I did not do a quiz. <laughs> I did not. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give them a break since they uh, had to do the devotional method. So I was in the Holy Ghost, Thank you. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not gonna do a quiz this week. I'm gonna uh, save it for next. Save it for next week. So you guys uh, be ready next week for a quiz. So uh, yeah. So we're that means it's gonna be a hard next week, right? You already know. So y'all, y'all make sure y'all study these terms and things like that. So <laughs> I won't be too hard on y'all. So uh, no, I just hate lying. So yeah, okay. So just be ready. <laughs> just be ready. So um, okay. So this lesson here, lesson three, we are going to be talking about inspiration. What is inspiration? And then we're going to cover the um, chapter two. Is the chapter summary method of Bible study. Okay. So, um, like I just said, here's the lesson objectives. Be, be, be able, at the end of this lesson, you should be able to discuss biblical elements of inspiration, um, learn about the chapter summary method of Bible study, and get a hands on practice on how to do the chapter summary method. Um, so, before we, I forgot to do this part, but before we go into our new lesson, were there any questions? um from last week or even the first week anybody have any questions or anything you want to ask um that table that floor is open to you so anybody have any questions or anything <laughs> um i found myself i felt like i was cheating a little bit because I knew what I wanted to study and I knew what I wanted to work on in my life. So I was selecting my passage on that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like I was going in blind and finding a passage and then studying it and then finding an application. So I was kind of like, I knew what my application wanted, what I wanted my application to be. So I found my passage based on that. Um, <laughs> Which I think was wrong, wasn't it? 
it's a, that's okay. This is the first, this is the first, uh, there's no right or wrong. Like we said in the beginning of this class, there's no right or wrong on how to approach the, the method. Uh, as long as uh, your application was biblical and uh, it was aligned with the scripture that you have chosen. So um, one thing, well, I, I won't teach on this now, but later, later down the line, when we're in hermeneutics, we're going to be talking about isogesis. And that's when um, people, they search for scriptures to try to fit their situation. And it's not even lining up with scripture or whatever. But uh, as long as the scripture that you have chosen uh, uh, is lined up with your application, then you should be good. So it's all good. So you didn't cheat. It's all good. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you testify that 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 burden is off <laughs> of you, that guilt. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so it's all good. So uh, any other questions or comments or anything from from last week or observations? So, I'm curious to know how do you what is, this is there? This Toya. Well, Laura, okay, I got to embrace myself for Toya's questions. Go ahead. <laughs> You're silly. Is there, is there a, um, a specific way to, like, uh, try to apply it? Because for some reason, like, when it came to certain, like, scriptures, it was kind of hard to, like, do the application piece. Yeah, yeah. So um, what, what we'll go through um, in this lesson later on, we're going to look at context and look at you know what it meant for the original readers and things like that and what it means for us so we're going to learn how to pull out um application because every scripture in the bible uh we we really can't apply it to our lives so we have to really be careful with that so that's why kind of um in the uh first was the first or second class i talked about the progressive nature of god and um what we're going to talk about today is how um, God, he allows certain things. So in the, in the beginning, he said, you know, thou shalt not kill. But then when you read later on, he's telling folk, you know, he's telling the leaders, kill them all or whatever. So we're going to look at uh, why one instance he says, thou shalt not kill. And then he said, kill them all. And then all of a sudden he went back to don't, don't kill and all that stuff. So we have to really be careful when pulling out scriptures on what God was saying at that time to the people um and does that um apply to us today so it, it takes application um it takes it takes a minute to to grasp um i i believe i talked about when you're when you're getting to application you have to uh observe the scripture look at it look at the context or whatever and then you're supposed to meditate on that and then the holy spirit would give you um the principles that give you uh the the, the know-how to apply that word. So it, take, it takes a minute or whatever. So, um, so yeah, this is, what, this is why it's so important just to practice, practice this thing um, so that the Holy Spirit can um, illuminate that thing to you. So, yeah. So it's just, it's a lot of intricate things, but um, that's why we're going to walk you through it so you're able to, to learn about application. So it just, it takes some time or whatnot. So, cool. Um, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Um, yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. Anybody else have any questions or anything? So we're good? Okay. 
All right, cool. All right, so let's let's go ahead and hop into um, our first our first lesson. We're gonna look at this quote here. Um, it's, it's by um, Philip Spencer. He says, "We need not think that the Holy Spirit Himself, or through an angel, had to speak the words to writers or to dictate to them, but He gave them divine truth through an inner enlightenment of the heart." So here he is describing on how the writers of the Bible, how they received um, the word um, of God. It was like an inner enlightenment of the heart. And they were then inspired to write the revelation. Um, so we need not to think, um, uh, let's see here, inspiration is God's thoughts understood in human language. Okay. So it's God breathe, God, um, God given. So biblical inspiration is the um, doctrine and theology that states that authors and editors of the Bible were led or influenced by God. So remember this chart last week um, that I gave that is um, available in the Dropbox. Um, so if you hadn't get, haven't gotten a chance to go in the Dropbox and look at these documents and just look it over, I definitely encourage you to do that because we're going to be referencing these documents a lot in this class. And so we looked at the process, um, the first process of revelation and how um, God's thoughts um, come down um, from heaven and is, in, and is given to um, various people. Um, and that's what's called revelation. So it's God manifestation of himself. Um, and his will to man. That's when he started to reveal um, to men who he was. This is new, the difference between, um, we talked about the difference between uh, revelation and illumination. Revelation is new things about God. God is revealing new things about himself um, to the people of God at that time. And um, he, he revealed his will. And we, we looked at general revelation, how God revealed who he was through nature. He revealed who he was um, in the beginning of time. So we, we talked about as well when, uh, when God released his revelation, that a lot of um, men who received his revelation twisted it. And that's how we got a lot of these pagan religions out here. Um, uh, there were religions that exist before uh, before um, Judaism. Um, you got uh, the Egyptian culture, you got the Chinese culture, and all that stuff. There were a lot of religions that um, that exist Buddhism uh, that exist um, before before uh, uh, the Judaism, and they have the same kind of stories when you start looking at them. So that's um, the reason why they have those same type of stories that we have because God released his general revelation. But what they did was they twisted it. And so God, that's why God had to raise up a group of people, Judaism, uh, Israelites, um, to, to show people uh, what, um, who he really was. Okay, and so now we're looking at uh, when they receive God's thoughts, it is um, inspiration. So God's thoughts are um, understood in words of human language. So basically, they're, they're, they're hearing from God and they're, they're translating it or putting it into human language. And we talked about the whole time while this whole writing process is taking place that the Holy Spirit is superintending. He's overseeing this whole process. So the original manuscript is perfect. Okay. And so um, let me see here. 
Uh, and so when you look at the uh, process, I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes. Nope. Okay. When we look at the process of how the Bible was put together, we talked about it um, in the introduction to the Bible series. I talked about it by like two or three classes. I um, encourage you all to go back and listen to that um, introduction to the Bible. But we talked about how the process of the Old Testament is totally different from the process of the, of the New Testament. It took 1500 years for the Old Testament Bible to Old Testament um, scriptures to be written, and it covers 4000 years. And the Old Testament, I mean, the New Testament scriptures, um, it covers, um, it took 45 years to write, um, and it covers 100 years of history. So their whole, they have a whole different process of, of how they were put together. And so, um, and so that's something that we really have to keep in mind when we're looking at scriptures. You don't, you don't want to chunk the whole Bible together. You want to look at it um, in, as the Old Testament and New Testament and look at, their, uh, and look at how they were formed because they, they both have different processes. So, um, so let's go ahead and hop into here. So inspiration, uh, biblical inspiration is the doctrine in Christian theology um, concerned with divine origin of the Bible and what the Bible teaches about itself. The Bible contains many passages in which the author claimed divine revelation for their message or report the effects of such inspiration on others. Um, inspiration is a matter of faith, uh, but in this faith, um, it's not blind faith. Instead, it has the word of God and is objective, okay? So um, when we're looking at um, inspiration, a lot of, you know, I, I believe just about everybody has come um, across somebody who believes that the Bible was written by man and all this stuff here. But there is, um, and you could say, yeah, it was. Like human, it, was, it has human authors and, divine, and, a, and one divine author, which is God. So um, there, but there, in the scriptures, there is internal evidence that shows us um, that scripture was God-breathed. Um, do anybody remember the scripture that we use to, to talk about um, scriptures being God-breathed? Are you talking about Second Timothy? Second Timothy three. Yes, yes, yes. Second Timothy three and sixteen. Okay, we all should um, definitely uh, memorize that. Definitely have that scripture um, on our hearts, so we can be encouraged that uh, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay. So, Nana, um, you said Second Timothy three and sixteen. Yes, yes. Okay. Thank the way you. I remember it is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and then here in Second Timothy three sixteen, the Scripture was given through God. So that, that's just the way that I kind of remember uh, scriptures, little things like that. So, uh, yep, Second Timothy three and sixteen. So we looked at this last week. A holy God plus unholy man equals God's written word. Um, so, um, okay, here it is. Yep, that's the scripture. Uh, so there's internal evidence, um, 2 Timothy 3 and 16. And another scripture that we can look at as well is 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21. 
Um, it says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, where until ye do well, this is who, this is a uh, King James, as you see, <laughs> where until ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts, knowing this, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but by holy men of god spake as they were moved by the holy by the holy ghost so here um as the holy spirit began to move the people uh to to write they were inspired they were inspired to write so this is a scripture that we can definitely use to uh to, to defend that thing to to make sure that we're sure in our own faith about the word of God, okay? Um, let's see here. Let me make sure I have anything else to say about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit last week about how the prophets were inspired to write down um, prophecies and became scripture. So this is why the reason um, in the Old Testament why... Uh, well, in the, in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament church, why prophecy was so heavy, because at that time they were receiving revelation, fresh word from God. And at the same time, they were writing it down. And so, um, and so that's why prophecy was so heavy. And when you really start studying prophecy and the, the early church, prophecy begins to fall off because at that time they, they have they um, had the written Old Testament scriptures and the New Testament scriptures begin to um, start formulating and putting together and see so you begin to see uh, revelation begin to fall off. And remember, remember why I said last week, revelation stops with the book of revelation. And so Jesus ended the book, um, Jesus ended revelation because the divine author of revelation was Jesus Christ. And you see that in revelations one and one. Okay. Um, so let's see here. No human author. No, nope, Yep. That's it. No human authors originate of God's word. Um, uh, were the authors aware that they were even writing scripture? And a lot of them were aware that they were writing scripture, but many of them were not aware, um, that they were writing scripture. Um, when, when Paul wrote his letters to the church, I don't believe that he believed that his letters to the church were, were going to become authoritative scripture he was just answering questions of the churches that they were having um moses when he wrote the the ten commandments and when he began to write um write uh the book of genesis uh, he probably didn't know that it was going to actually be well he probably knew that it was an important document but he didn't know that it was actually going to be in this particular form or, or whatnot. So um, sometimes there is evidence in the Bible that the human author is aware um, that they are being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Um, so when God, um, when God uh, is given, given the word or what God says, like write this down, that means that the human author is aware that they are not, um, that, that what they're writing down is a, importance and so when god uh for an example when god told jeremiah um to 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 write stuff down he's he jeremiah he gave scrolls to the king and the king cut them up and threw them in the fire 
um, let me see here. Did I go? Okay, yeah, here it is. This is the one I was um, just saying. Um, when Jeremiah gave the scrolls to the king and the king cut them up and threw them in the fire. Um, God told Jeremiah to write it again. Um, and so here's the scripture. It says Jeremiah 36, um, 27 to 29. It says, now after a king had burned up the scrolls with the words that Barak wrote uh, at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write on it the former words that were um, in the first scroll, which King Jehoiakim of Judah has burned. And concerning King Jehoiakim of Judah, you should say, thus saith the Lord, you have dared to burn this scroll, saying, why have you written, written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land? You will be cut off from human beings and animals. So here you, you, uh, you, you can see that the Lord is telling him to write. And when the king was stubborn, threw it in the fire, God told him to write it again. And so um, they um, had some type of uh, indication or, or some type of uh, speculation that what they were writing down was of importance. Okay. Uh, let's go here. Yep. In a sense, inspiration um, answers the question as to how can sacred writings be, be, a, be the product of both an infinite God and a finite human beings or a holy God and unholy man. So for believers, the internal evidence within scripture gives credence to the claim that the Bible bears to imprint of divine revelation, okay? Um, see, both Testament testify to the divine origin of scripture, but at the end of the day, it is a matter of faith. Um, in the Bible, God never attempts to prove this doctrine. He simply declares it. So when, even when, um, in the beginning, uh, when Exodus, when Moses was going to Pharaoh, he said, who should I tell them who you are? He said, tell them I am that I am flat out. I don't have to sit here and prove to you who I am. Um, but uh, as you see, when he began to do the plagues, he had to prove to Pharaoh of who he was because of the uh, amount of revelation that was, um, that was available at that time. Um, he had to prove through signs and miracles. That's why miracles, signs, and wonders are so prevalent. That's the way that God proves who he is by just, let me show you who I am. I don't have to sit here and try to persuade you. Let me just show you or whatnot. So, uh, so we should be solidified in our hearts of um, the scriptures that I kind of went through that shows that the word of God was given through inspiration through man, um, but it was um, uh, over, uh, the Holy Spirit oversees the whole entire process of that, okay? So any questions about that before I hop into the next section? Questions, comments? I'm not showing up, am I? Uh, who, who's that? Trish, can you see me? Right now I'm in presenter form, so I can't really see anybody right now, but... Um, okay, all right. We can't see you, no. Okay. Okay. But at least you're here. Right. We can hear your voice, though. <laughs> yeah. All I have right. a question, Professor Elder. Yes, ma'am. Um, so when you, the point that you just made about, um, about God not attempting to prove the doctrine, so he simply declares it, mm -hmm. do you, um, 
can you kind of, I guess, tie it with the scripture um, that says always be prepared to defend the faith? I know like a lot of my apologists colleagues, they, they live for proving the doctrine, right? right. But I, that doesn't mean that God lives for proving the doctrine. Right. I guess I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. And again, I, it may just go back to your testament um, about how scripture is, you know, it, it was written by men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I know for sure that a lot of, especially down here in the South, a lot of that people that are in that apologist genre, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, will, they will prove you down. I mean, that's almost, I tell them it's almost more than the gospel. So can you kind of connect um, I guess that particular scripture with um, this point. Yeah, um, that scripture, let me see, uh, that's in the New Testament. Where's that scripture at? So I can make sure. Um, hold on. Because I believe that that, that was when... So in Timothy. Timothy's, right. So Paul, yeah, Paul was writing. At that time, of course. The, the believers were under um, a lot of um, like persecution. And yep. so they were, um, at that time, that's, that's when a lot of uh, messiahs were on the scene. A lot of people were uh, coming on the scene saying that they were the true messiah and things like that. And um, it is important, Paul is saying in the scripture, like it is important for you to be sure about, mm-hmm. about your faith. And um, at that time, they were dealing with a lot of uh, various J- Jewish sects and um, dealing with a lot of um, different groups. So it's just, it's basically just being sure in yourself um, on, on, on the word. And um, I'm sorry, it's Peter 3 and 15. Sorry. First Peter, you said Peter. Okay. I knew yeah. First three and 15. Okay. Same, okay. same thing. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. I was like, I knew it was Paul. Peter. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah okay yeah because when you when you look at peter peter's story is very interesting okay so with peter um you know he's speaking to um his his people and telling them you know to be sure and um but the thing is like the motive it's the motive behind when you're defending because i know exactly the people that you're talking about how these these um theologians they're so quick to to defend it but they have the wrong motive like they're not defending the yeah. faith to bring people into the gospel, into the into the fold. They're defending the faith to make them seem like they're they have so much knowledge and they're puffed up. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like it mentions in Corinthians, like all this knowledge that you have is dangerous if you're not applying that thing and if you're not doing what it is the Lord is calling for you to do, which is to, to which is to raise up disciples. So that's why I really don't get in arguments with with people mm-hmm. when they want to. Uh, say, you know, the Bible's this, the Bible that, because their motive at the end of the day, they're not trying to, to get to get to God. They just want to prove that they're right. And so we get caught up all the time, um, (laughs) Facebook debates and, and uh, talking to people with various religions and things like that, because, you know, you love your Bible, you love God. So you want to tell them like, no, this is true or what, or whatnot. But, um, when you start listening to them, you understand like they ain't really trying to know God for real. Right. So that's why we have to really pick and choose our battles right. when it comes to that. Yeah, I just let them argue. I ain't got time. Right. <laughs> and I just feel like even as 
like even as a woman in ministry, mm-hmm. um, in in certain circles where um, that's an anon- anonymy, like yeah. anonymy, anonymy, anonymy. Even in that, like I feel like you know I was raised up to be not be pushing the gospel first, but to almost be argumentative mm-hmm. and, and be and be. I was raised, you know, to always memorize the scripture I feel like more than applying it Mm -hmm. and so it's only just in the probably like the last five years where I started to realize like wait a minute I'm like a scripture bully like this is not not what it's and just had to really kind of you know redo like you said like just stepping away from arguments and different things because it just I was like this is not this is not bringing the gospel it's like like you said we can we can have all those scriptures memorized and we still not talking about the gospel. We're talking about being right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And God is not in the business to prove, <laughs> right. to prove that we're right or whatnot. No. Right. So, yeah. Thank you, Professor and Elder. The- <laughs> so I heard somebody else. In defending the faith, in defending the faith doesn't necessarily mean uh, being argumental or even giving it into a confrontation. Mm-hmm. We as believers have to have the word of God so soundly in our, in our, in our spirit. Yeah. So no, no matter what anybody say, you can, you can put a word against the word. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you look back at Paul and Peter, and especially what Paul, Paul talks about this and you'll see it in other trans translation. He called those that was coming or behind him and trying to turn over the teachings. Yeah. And he called them super apostles, meaning you faith. Because yeah. he even said to, to the Corinthians who he, yeah. he established, he said to them, who has bewitched you? Yeah. Who has said these things? So our, our defending of the gospel or the defending of uh, the word of God is to stand firm in your faith. In no your matter faith. what religious or what people try to come up against what you know is true, Stand on that truth, not right. being argumental, not being confrontation, but put a word against the word. Right. Yep. That's good. Yep. Because teach us the and this book also right. says um, it talks about when Jesus was tempted on the mount. Um, it talks about you know Satan has the knowledge of the word, but he had to come yep. back and written. He has a knowledge of the word, but he does not apply the word. Mm-hmm. So um, the difference is we have to apply the word, we, but we also have to know it to to apply it. Right, right, yeah. So that's why, good, thank you, um, Tammy. Yeah, because that's, that's why when we were talking about in the very beginning of the process of becoming a believer to discipleship, that the first thing you need to do is to be trained. You need to be trained on how to, to read the Bible, um, how to study the Bible, um, so people are so quick, they want to argue the, the word, but they don't, they don't know it from themselves. They, they don't have no sure foot in it. They don't apply it. And so uh, that's why we get beat up all the time when we're arguing with folks or whatnot, because we just, <laughs> we just don't know it. So we have to have a solid foundation for ourselves. Uh, and so that's why, you know, classes like this are so important to pull out scripture so we can um, have something to stand on to strengthen our faith in God. So, yep. Thank you so much. Um, any other comments or questions? This is good. All right. So let's finish. Let's go ahead and finish. I got a few slides here. 
and then we'll hop into the uh, chapter summary method, okay? So the question of inerrancy. So the doctrine of um, inerrancy is presently still being debated within the church community. So while it's true that many of the church fathers describe the Bible as free from error, it is not always certain what they really mean. It turns out that the error, according to the Bible, means swerving from the truth or wandering from the right path opposed to defective information. So you'll hear people say, I don't have it. Um, you hear people say like, oh, this Bible, this, uh, if you have your Bible, you know, hold it up. He said, this Bible here is free from, free from error. Uh, there's no, there's nothing wrong with this Bible. And so according to, to scripture, it is, uh, it is, it, it, it is true. And it is, um, the precepts and the concepts are correct, but what we talked about last week is the only um, form of the Bible that was perfect and without error was the original manuscript. So when it started um, being translated into various languages, when, um, when they started writing copies, and now we got various versions of the Bible, um, as you see when you're reading it, it does sound like it has a little error in it because of the, the English language. We talked about last week how the, Jew, the Greek language uh, has over 11,000 words, whereas the English language only has 6,000. And so we have to repeat certain words over and over again in the English language to fit the Greek and all this stuff. And so it doesn't really give you that true meaning. And so, um, let me see, is this the next slide here? Okay, yeah. So inerrancy should not be confused with scientific or cultural meaning. Inerrancy from a biblical sense does not mean verbal exactness or precise accuracy of word. So the fact of the matter that in order to discern the truth of God, the mind of God, the knowledge of God's self-revelation in Jesus Christ, we need to penetrate through what is uh, clearly the marks of cultural conditioning, followable knowledge and judgment, that was both defective even wrong. So when you look at um, the arguments um, about, the, um, about the word being perfect, we have to take in consideration the process of how we even got our, our canon of scripture. And we learned that there are other books that are missing out of the canon. And so we have to be mindful of that as well. But what makes the Bible perfect is the precepts and the concepts and the fact that um, the Holy Spirit, he still today, he is leading and guiding us so we can um, get to the mind of God. And so that's what makes it perfect. So we can, we can um, overcome all these things that man have done to, to the scripture and still get the mind of God. Okay. Um, a lot of people, when, when they try to talk about errors in the Bible, mm -hmm. many times they're talking about the Gospels and they say, it says this in Mark. Yes, yes. In they don't understand synoptic Gospels and they, they really haven't paid attention to the lessons that they've received in their life. If, they, if you miss a meeting, you need to ask four or five people to really get a picture of what really happened in that meeting because everybody has a different twist on it. Right. And Gospels, you need to see them together to get the full picture. And so just because one thing isn't mentioned in one Gospel doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that that particular writer, right. that was not their focus or what they Right, right. It was their perspective. Good. Yes. Yep. And that, yeah, that was my next sentence, actually, the synoptic 
problem. A lot of people, they um, really discredit the gospels because of the different accounts. But we have to, when you go deeper, you begin to understand that Matthew's audience was the Jewish audience. Mark had a different audience, was the, uh, was the, was the Romans. And then Luke, he uh, dealt with the, with the Greeks. And so they have different audiences. And so they cater, they word, their wording is different. Um, they cater to a different group of people, and so when you go deeper and look at look at look at the um, the elements that put the the uh, gospels together, then you appreciate. Okay, I understand why it's written this way. But if you're just reading on surface level, yeah, you're going to be confused or whatnot. So that's why you got to keep going deeper. Yep. Um, and so we have to learn as as disciples, as Bible students, we have to learn how to reconcile um, these different um so let's see here the next slide here um i cannot emphasize too much on how our doctrine and systems of belief are shaped um of or shaped of necessarily for, uh, from scripture itself but from those who interpret scriptures at various times in church history um ultimately you will have to pray and be led by the holy spirit for your conviction on some manner so we need to move from the place where we're simply taking someone else's word as our own conviction even if you are inclined to do that at least labor in god's word for yourself okay so you can listen to me all day long but you have to go back and study this thing for yourself to make sure it is um solid for you and if there's some things that i'm saying that you're not understanding that's why we have this kind of open forum where we can just talk about it and there's some things you may have seen that i didn't see and so um i would love to hear you know from you all whatever you pull from from these lessons and pull from these scriptures if there's some that i didn't catch or you know uh definitely share it with one another because this is this is how it looks like uh in in the uh new testament uh church they sat around and they they talked scripture they, they there were teachings and um well at that time of course a, a lot of revelation was still still going on but they were they were um and at the, at the same time illumination was going on when they looked at the uh old testament scripture so um, this is what we're doing. We're, we're just sitting, we're discussing scriptures, we're trying to get an understanding of it because the ultimate goal according to 1 Corinthians is to become a unity of faith. Not just unity for us to get along, but, but unity of faith for us to have the same mindset, to have the same, uh, so we, we have the same goal to get to the mind of God, okay? All right, let's see here. I think there's one more slide. Um, so now I'm going to share with you a couple of common beliefs about the nature of inspiration. So inspiration was that supernatural influence exerted by the Holy Spirit on the writers of the Bible by which their words were rendered the words of God and therefore perfectly infallible. So this right here is talking about the original manuscript. Uh, when they were given the words by God, they ran it down and it was perfectly infallible. Okay. Um, the, the next quote, um, inspiration is that influence of the Holy Spirit upon the minds of the writers, which made their writings, the record of progressive divine revelation sufficient. Uh, did something happen? Can you guys see my screen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Something just jumped on my screen. So I was making sure that nothing happened. Okay. Um, 
where was that at? Okay. When interpret when interpreted by the same spirit who inspires them to lead every honest inquire to Christ and to salvation. So, okay. And then, yep, this is the last slide. So at the end of the day, inspiration is all an inclusive of divine origin. God breathed. But I also believe that God, that the Holy Spirit, God's breath, not only uh, accounts for its origin, but is viability and sustainability through the ages, preservation. So in the sense, the writers, witnesses, editors uh, were all made unique instruments of God's self-revelation. So I encourage you to, uh, to, to uh, prayerfully open your heart and mind in order to be used by the Holy Spirit as a credible witness of the power and mystery uh, of the persons and promise of God who has provided everything sufficient for salvation through Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ. So any questions about inspiration? Kind of just threw that out there. So this is something just to chew on. I, I encourage you all to really go back and, and study it for yourselves. We're good. Okay. Cool beans. Let's hop into the book uh, on the chapter summary uh, method. Let me grab my book. So I left it. Hold on. All right. Okay. So in the book, the chapter summary method um, on page 49 here, um, in the very in the very first paragraph, it says that the Bible was, as it was originally written, had no chapters or verses, divisions. Right. It wasn't until uh, 1228 AD that Bishop Stephen Layton added the chapter divisions. So, um, so it it wasn't added to uh, probably about eight or well, eight hundred years ago. The the chapters of um, the Bible, so they were added so that the readers were um, they can easily find scripture. They can easily you know find certain places in the Bible. But when you look at the original Bible, original manuscript, there was no chapters and verses. Okay, so um, under the definition said the chapter summary method of the Bible involves gaining a general understanding of the contents of the book of the Bible by reading it through at least five times asking a series of content questions and summarizing the central thoughts of this passage. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, why this method is important. This method is important because it enables you to begin understanding the chapters of the book of the Bible. Um, as we discussed last week, the Bible is a resource in that God has given us written means by which to communicate and have fellowship with him. He is a peculiar God, and we cannot have a relationship with him except on his terms. Therefore, students ought to become familiar with the Bible, uh, proportionate to how well we want to know God. Um, let's see here. So this is an excellent method to, uh, this is an excellent method to begin a lifetime of personal Bible study for four reasons. And, um, uh, uh, Rick Warren, he goes through it. He said, this method is easy to learn. This method does not take up too much time. This method does not require any outside helps or resources or tools. And this method is a good type of study to use when you are engaged in rapid survey throughout the Bible. 
So one thing that we really keep in mind is when we're looking at the chapter, some versions of the Bible have like headings and things like that. So I want you all to be careful when looking at headings because sometimes those headings are not accurate on what the chapter is talking about. Like for instance, I was this week I was doing a study on First uh, Corinthians eleven through fourteen. Those chapters are always a challenge for me, but um, but they. Hey, uh, Elder Camille. Yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, can you guys hold on? I'll do it. Hold on a second. Because there's a. There you go. Go ahead. Oh, you might have to unmute yourself now. Hello, did we lose her? Camelia? You gotta unmute yourself. She's still muted. Ha. There you there you go. Yeah, we couldn't hear I couldn't hear nothing you were saying. Up, oh, you're muted again. Can you hear me? There you go. Okay. Yes, we I couldn't hear nothing you were saying. Sorry, somebody's phone was unmuted. Okay, okay. All right, cool. Uh, what was I saying? Um, you had just finished the rapid reading survey through the Bible. You can read it quickly. Yeah, I was going to say something else, and I just got thrown off. I don't remember now. Okay. Uh, oh, I was talking about the chapters and headings of the Bible, things like that. And I was doing a study on 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. And 1 Corinthians, it says, like, the order of worship or something like that um, in my Bible. And that's kind of inaccurate because it's just like um, it when you read that, you're thinking like it's talking about, oh, this is how you're supposed to act in a worship service, church worship service. But in reality, the chapter is not even talking about a worship service. They're talking about a gathering when you come together, um, like for a meeting or assembly and things like that. So sometimes the, the headings are good. Sometimes they're not. So I want you to just all be careful, whatever study Bible you're using, to not really rely on those headings. But when you read it, come up with your own headings so that you can be able to, um, to know what, chap what chapter um, is talking about. Like, for instance, we all know the love chapter. Uh, was it chapter, what, 13? Chapter, no, chapter 12. Uh, the love chapter of Corinthians, we all know, you know, when you say a certain thing, we all can, we know um, exactly what you're, what you're talking about or whatnot. So when you're looking at this method here, um, he gives us, Rick Warren gives us 10 steps uh, for doing a chapter summary. And in the book, there is an outline. And in the Dropbox, there is a Word document outline, just in case you don't want to write in your, in your book. But I see a lot of people like to handwrite um, in a notebook and stuff. So that's pretty cool, too. So um, I definitely want you all to read the 10, the 10 steps for doing a chapter summary. Um, so when you're doing the chapter summary, um, give a chapter a short descriptive title. The shorter the title, the more likely you remember it. Like I just said, like the love chapter or whatnot. Um, content, um, describe, summarize, paraphrase, outline, or make a list of major points in the chapter. So what, what is the chapter saying? What are some things that, um, that you are pulling out of, out of that chapter? Um, list the characters, list the chief people. 
the most important people. So ask questions such as who are the main people in this chapter? Why are they included? And what is significant about them? Um, a choice verse. So um, a memory verse. So choose a verse that summarizes the whole chapter or that it speaks to you personally. In some chapters, you may find a key verse that summarizes the writer's arguments. Um, and other chapters, they may, be not, they may not be a key verse. So on occasions, you may want to pick a verse from which you, are, uh, you will be writing your application, a verse that you believe God will have you apply to your life. So when we're doing this chapter summary method, it's a personal, personal um, approach um, and it's, it's really helping you to come, become familiar with the Bible. So when someone says something, you're able to go to it really quick. Um, and uh, yeah, I just got your message. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what slide. You should have said it out loud so we know what slide. You was, in, you was like in a good talk. <laughs> and then and then mothers start preaching, preaching and prophesying. Then you went back in another talk. It was a wrap. It was oh, a wrap. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um Yeah. So uh let's see here. Crucial words, write down some key words or key uh or words for the chapter. Uh many times a key word would be the one that is used most frequently. List any challenges that you may have with the with the book, with the chapter. Um Cross-reference, so using the cross-reference in your study. So if you have a good study Bible, sometimes they will list some um, references um, uh, in, in that chapter. So go back and look, look at those uh, scriptures that they referenced. Um, next one is Christ seen. So as you begin to study each chapter, be on alert for statements that tell you something about Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, or God the Father. So this one right here is kind of... Uh, it's a little bit advanced, um, but uh, ask yourself, what can I learn about the nature of Jesus Christ in this chapter? So what attributes of God and Christ are illustrated here? Um, and the last two is central lesson. Write down the major principles, insight, and lessons you've learned from this chapter. And the conclusion is that this is an application portion of your study. So the kind of what we did in um, the devotional method here. Just write, um, how do these truths apply to me personally and what specifically am I going to do about them, okay? So that's when, when you're doing the chapter uh, summary method, these are some things you want to keep in mind. So definitely look through chapter two. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns, you can definitely reach out to me. I had people last week uh, hit me up. They had questions, they were excited about this whole um, experience that we're going through. And so um, if you uh, come up with questions after the class, definitely hit me up. I don't mind chit-chatting and all that stuff. So um, any questions or concerns about this lesson that we went through today? Most of all of the, uh, <clears throat> the slides that you, that you prepared. Yeah. Is that, that's also in the Dropbox, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. All the slides are in the Dropbox. Even the little handouts that are in the slides, those are in the Dropbox as well. So, uh, yep. Let me um, let me see you. Mm, is everything? Let's see here. Yep, Sunny. I'll make sure to get you that link to the Dropbox if you haven't gotten it by now. Oh, the name of the book is Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. It's a really good book. 
Um, it's kind of a workbook. Um, he gives us 12 steps, different methods of Bible study that you can use. Um, sometimes you're, uh, when you're doing a study, you may use one or two um, different methods and things like that. So it's just giving you a variety of ways on how you can learn, um, uh, how, how you can study the Bible. Um, anybody also, else? Also, uh, if you want a book, uh, you can inbox me or text me your address and uh i think the books were six dollars yeah we're doing we're they're really like 13 bucks but um you could just cash out the church um six dollars per book um and uh we will order them for you and have them delivered to your home so if you want them just cash out the church six dollars per book uh antoine i already i have your book sir so if you want to stop at the church anytime, I'll put it in the mailbox for you to get that as well. Okay. Awesome. Anything else? We're good. So definitely um, approach this, this method here. So you, it helps you become familiar with the Bible and things like that. So as we go through each method, it's going to get harder and harder. So I want you all to start, you know, to gain a rhythm um, in that. So if there aren't any other questions, I will pray out. Um, and as well, these lessons will be available on YouTube to look again. So if you want to look at the lesson again, go on YouTube and look at the Dropbox link for the presentation. Okay. Is there any homework? Yes, the chapter summary method. Okay. Um, so in the book, um, where she been? <laughs> where she been? Where she um, so in the where uh, she at? I can't see her screen. Girl, where you I been, Patricia? Here. No, you ain't. You was so in another class. I made a comment right after you did. <laughs> you so ain't been in this class. Right. I want my yes. homework. <laughs> she gave the homework. Where That's okay. I mean, look, you gotta be nice to the saints. You gotta be nice to the saints. So in the book, the chapter summary method, it also has an example um, of the method so you can get an idea of, of how to do it. And they also give you some scriptures to um, to yeah. use in that. Uh, mm -hmm to practice with if you can't think of a chapter to use they have some listed here so um yep that's the homework and then to read not chapter well you can't read chapter three we're not doing the character quality method we are going to do the thematic method so that's chapter four yeah. so if i read chapter three and i call you with questions just don't be upset, all right? No, you're good. Like, yeah, if you read chapter three and you got questions, hey, just just hit me up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, character quality study uh, method, and then read chapter four on thematic method. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're all good. You got your homework, Sister Patricia. I got it. Let me make sure you have yours. <laughs> I've been at my last week. The per oh, I did that too. Matter of fact, I want y'all to do the love chapter. Thirteen. We need love of I got thirty six. I got thirty six years of debate with this here woman. Oh my goodness! Don't mean nothing. 
That's even more love you should be exhibiting. <laughs> more love. Didn't Can we just do a sermon in? series on love? Lord have mercy. Watch, watch yourself, Daryl. Watch yourself. Give them things, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for awake now. All right. Right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray out. And so, uh, for, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this lesson, oh God. And we thank you that we are able to come together um, and to discuss your word. We thank you, God, for the, for the illumination that you have given unto us, oh God. And we thank you, oh God, for this process of how we even got your word, Father. That even though um, we may we may look at the word and it may look like it has error or whatnot, but God, you are perfect in all of your ways and that you um, allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us and to uh, constantly illuminate the word, God. So uh, we thank you, God, for the ability to get to your mind. We thank you for 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 16, that said that we can uh, get the mind of Christ. So we thank you, God, for that, um, for that availability, oh God. So God, we lift you up, and I bless the students. I bless everybody as they go through this, um, go through this method, go through this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. Uh, I pray, oh God, that they will be encouraged, that they will not um, become discouraged, because they feel like they don't know or they have to be perfect in, in their assignment. But God, just give them the words, give, um, give them comfort at this time. Allow them to um, set out time to study your word. Allow them, God, to really um, just gain a hunger and, ga uh, and gain um, an enthusiasm to learn more about you, Father and that we can run away from petty arguments, <laughs> Facebook arguments, and that we can start focusing on our, our relationship with you, God. Because um, we want to be right as far as our lifestyle, God. That is, um, so we can, um, our lives will be pleasing to you, Father. So God, thank you for this word that transforms us, that changes our lives, that lifts us up, that, uh, that allows us to change our pre precepts and, con and our, um, outlook on life god so god we lift you up and we bless you and we give you all the praise glory and honor in jesus name amen amen all right saints i'll see y'all later bye. love you guys have a great day bye everybody bye 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 bye, bye. bye.